go out to the bar, see an old friend, ended up coming back to the house, because we have a very inviting environment here at the homestead, yeah. so, uh, you know, conversation ensued. A uh, young lady made her way in the medical industry, traversed the country based on various job opportunities, and uh, now uh, currently entertaining a gig in New York City. And then also, yeah, man. New York City. New York City. <laughs> Out here for a month for some sort of gig, side gig on it within the medical world, but going back. So we were, you know, hanging out. Uh, someone that we were friends with a long time ago. It's nice to see. And uh, I have to say, man, refreshing to speak to someone who used to live in the Colorado area, but then to now be in, uh, like, a more East Coast New York City. She's down in Manhattan, man. Uh, getting the lowdown from her on what life is like fascinating i have to say you know we we can live in this world of extremes where we think you know oh my god new york the migrant situation out of control the crime rampant businesses leaving total mayhem and then you meet somebody who's living down there and you hear from them you know the migrant situation it's out of control (laughs) and the crime is rampant and it's honestly it's feeling like it's total mayhem (laughs) Eric Adams ain't sleeping I tell you right now (laughs) Frank how can he sleep We have no more room in the city He can't even sleep There's no room Man, no room to lay down. I gotta say, you know, you think like, oh, I'm a podcaster. So I, you know, I live in the extremes. I'm trying to go for the the ultimate. No, because people always, for those that don't know, people always tell me and Frank that we we just pay too much attention. Exactly. You know what I mean? They're just showing you the bad stuff. You know, because that's what sells. Right. But yeah, when you get the insight, dude. Dude, I had the, there's this guy. He's like very Chicago. You know what I mean? Yes. He's got the Chicago accent. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. he's Chicago. One, two, three. <laughs> you know? He's a one, two, three Chicago. Yes, you know? man. We're on a mission from God. From God. And uh, <laughs> he's trying to tell me how he never seen the city booming like this. And I'm like, dude, booming. <laughs> booming he's like yeah no we're good man what do you everybody that's just people you know that's just stories for the news man this city is is booming and i go dude frank we were literally we're at the building across the street from union station (laughs) right and there's chains on the door it's an an empty skyscraper that's right chains on the door i'm like dude we literally were we're parked we found this parking street street parking a block away from uh, from Union Station. Wow! How oh, booming, <laughs> man! When I went to UIC, there was no way you were driving down there. No way you were finding street parking. Yeah, man. I we're gonna go visit. I look forward to going out, and I'm gonna come out to Chicago this summer. It's my plan, and I, I you know, I really want to. Go check out these cities, man. Uh, you know, in the summertime when they're supposed to be their mo- most vibrant, but it, it's kind of, dude, pretty eye opening when you get a little boots on the ground information, and then you're uh, chatting with somebody who you've known from years ago from a very liberal place, and then you're all kind of agreeing, like, you know what the problem is? We're giving out a lot of handouts. So we were discussing, like, the handouts to the homeless, the universal basic income here in Denver, where we dish out a $1,000 check if you're certifiably homeless. And then on top of that, I mean, she was telling us how, you know, when she was going through her training uh, during her medical uh, educational period, how she would you know, get off late nights, right? Doing her, you know, apprenticeship kind of stuff and then cruise through the McDonald's and they'd be offering more per hour, better healthcare. And she's <laughs> going to her boss like, hey, we got a problem with our society here, man. You know, I got to take care of the idiots who are eating this shit on, a, on the daily, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and the people serving it are making a better hourly wage than me. We're in a bad place. 
And I think the Bidenomics, no matter who you vote for, is starting to be clearly bad for everybody. And it doesn't even matter where you live now. New York, Chicago, Denver. Oh, wait, I think I feel like I just listed three places with a lot in common. Now that <laughs> I know you talked about it a lot, so I don't want to keep rehashing All it. Right. But d- during that Bill uh, Maher episode, one of, the, one of the things you really pick up on is how disconnected he is from the everyday man. When yes. these, him and Van Jones, these two rich guys, are laughing at people who are saying they're struggling in this economy. Oh, okay, okay. So your bagel that cost a dollar is now a dollar twenty-five. Okay, like, dude, yeah, a twenty-five percent increase on food is huge when you're spending a third of your income on food. Absolutely. You know? I, number one, fantastic, Bill Maher. You nailed like that. that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was really good. And then I'm on top of that, number two, uh, I was telling Emma there was a clip floating around in the X-verse over there where of Bill Maher's non-political club random that he does where he doesn't talk about <laughs> politics. Where, where he almost gets into fistfights with people that just don't like Democrats. Yeah. But he's not a Democrat. He's not talking politics on this show. Uh, but he was talking about how he can't fathom why people are perturbed in any particular way over the current economy and how you really you can't even see the inflation. And I was telling him, like, a dude like Bill Maher who lives where he lives on his income without the responsibilities like of having a nuclear family because he's a libertine and he lives freely, well uh, – of course he doesn't see the ramifications of the current inflationary period we're living in. You know, he's he's oblivious to it because he lives in a different world. He's an elitist. Yeah. Hey, Bill Maher, I know you don't notice that groceries went up, but the lady that you paid to go do your groceries, I bet you she noticed. <laughs> yes. well, She's also, probably having a harder time buying groceries for her family. Well, she you know? and us have one thing in common that you don't. We didn't go to Cornell, bro. That's how uh, with this Nancy's world daughter. works. Yeah, with yeah. Nancy Pelosi's daughter, man. We're not best friends and yucking it up with the uh, you know, children of politicians, man. And <laughs> so not shocking to me that you don't feel inflation, but the rest of us notice when the gas goes up from 230 to 3 bucks. The guy's lifelong friends with Democrats. He only votes for votes for Democrats. But yeah, I'm in the center. You like, know, he's the Malcolm of the middle. Okay? <laughs> What a great show. We all forget. That was a great show. Or Malcolm in the Middle. Ah, I blew it. (laughs) Dude, Frankie Muniz, probably the best child star. Like, that's got to be the best Mm, you could hope for. I'm going to argue. Or Haley Joe Osmond. I'm going to argue with the Frankie Muniz that he probably got in on the raping, I'm assuming, and, and dipped out fast. Like, you think they raped him and then got out, or? I don't know, man. He... Weird stuff happened to him later on. Did you see there's this uh, documentary coming out on uh, HBO Max uh, in March, and it's going to expose, allegedly, um, the dark elements behind Nickelodeon in the 90s and the exploitation of the children. Eh, old news. Old news? Come on, man. Uh, they're not going to talk about the rapes. They're just going to talk about the, how the shitty the contracts were, I which think, everybody already knows that. I think they're going to dabble in some rapage. I think that's I where I saw the, the I watched. No, there was a little trailer. I watched it. I think they're actually going to dabble in some of the rapage. I don't buy it. I think they're going. I, I've believed. I've seen it a lot, and I, I have a feeling, and we all know, folks, <laughs> when it comes to Guys like me, dudes who, <laughs> well, I drive a Subaru, so I can't help it, but, you know. <laughs> I've been really thinking lately. I knew you were fucking liberal. God damn it. <laughs> I have a feeling <laughs> that this might be the year that we have a little bit of an awakening and some truths come out, and it does kind of, you know, we're in February. It's hedging that way. Leap year, folks. Maybe magical powers involved, but I, I do think that we're seeing some truths come out more this year than we would have in previous years. And, you know, maybe maybe we'll get some action when it comes to the diddling of the kitties in the Hollywood scene. 
Nah. Nah. <laughs> it's because these monsters rule the world, man. They run the world. Plus, you know who mostly runs Hollywood? I mean, come on. Those are also the lawyers that are going to have to, you know. Well, I think it's the same people digging these tunnels we can't talk about in Brooklyn. Right? <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know who we're talking about, go talk to Kanye. Just ask Kanye. <laughs> Kanye's been out there speaking truths, too. It's weird. And yeah. simultaneously, though, dressing up his girlfriend in non-clothing. Like, he's literally walking around town with, like, a nude woman half the time. And Dude, I can't believe they kicked him out of the Super Bowl. So he's claiming that's not real. <laughs> oh, it's real. I think it's real, too. Well, come on. We just discussed it in previous episode here. Did you look up the... Ice spice satanic ritual that she did on screen. I saw that all along. I saw that already. I, I don't. I'm not worried about ice spice. You're not worried. You're not. I know. I'm not thinking we're worried about it, but I'm saying, you know, I think we're dealing with forces here that we're not familiar with. Kanye. No, I, <laughs> I hate to say it. He might be the guy on the good side. We. He might be our <laughs> warrior. We got to start defending this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if they find child porn on his computer, he might be the savior. He might be the new Jesus. <laughs> I believe it goes by Jesus, if I know anything about <laughs> modern culture. Did you see the Democrats? I tried to find a clip. I could not get a clip on this. It's so weird. But I found articles, and maybe I sent it to you. They created... A this is true. A hip hop task force. I did see that. It's insane. <laughs> you, you guys want to know the day hip hop died? It was February 2024. <laughs> do, you, do you know the day smoking weed was cool died? When they were trying to circulate this uh, footage of Taylor Swift smoking a doobie with Travis Kelsey at some after party. Uh, Post no, Super Bowl. Did that happen? It did. And they were trying to make a big deal of it. And the <sighs> next day, you know, Elizabeth Warren's like, we got to we gotta legalize weed. And I, in my head, you know, now the pro weed heads are Elizabeth Warren and Taylor Swift. I'm out. I think I quit I weed. I'm officially yeah. giving up weed at this point. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with marijuana. If these fucking weirdos are. Pro weed, I'm out, man. <laughs> I never believed that weed was bad for you until Elizabeth Warren said I should start doing it. <laughs> so That's, they're killing us, man. I'm they want that. us to die. That's, well, if man. Doctor, Doctor, if Captain Pfizer, Mister Travis Kelsey, and his uh, fake girlfriend are pushing the marijuana, all I can imagine now is. Somewhere out there, Bill Gates has a marijuana field in Colorado where he's just juicing up the plants with mRNA vaccines and all sorts of weird stuff that kills mosquitoes. Yeah, I can't even imagine. <laughs> Look, if the mainstream is in on weed, get out, folks. It's the same with tobacco or booze even, like anything, dude. If they're selling it, you don't want it. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. Like tobacco, everybody smoked and lived to 100 until you started having big corporations putting all the garbage in it, you know? Something up, man. Once once the big mainstream is involved, I, I do believe you want to get out of it, man. Like, it, something about weed's been getting me, uh, irking me. In as far as these politicians getting involved, and here I am, I'm a man involved in the legal cannabis industry, but I like it legal on a state level. I don't like anything involving the federal government. I think the government is, the government is, needs to stay out, you know, like it's, well, everything. Yes. It's like, there's, a, there's a few things the federal government should worry about interstate commerce. You know what I mean? Well, our I'm affairs almost, with foreign entities. I'm starting our to think, border. you know, what we got to get back to because in, I'm only going to this because of the bizarro motions happening in California where they're now giving McDonald's workers, starting in April, $20 an hour, right? Oh, that's crazy. I think Dude, we got to go uh, back to state-specific currency. <laughs> 
right? Like, and I'm I'm in Colorado where mine will probably be devalued versus Florida currency. I get it, but you know what I'm saying? My money might have more value in California. Yeah, but then you have the problem where the Democrat states they just keep printing more money, and then there's there's is worth nothing. Yeah, but then you show up with your Texas dollars backed by gold. Like, come on, uh, dude. Oh, <laughs> man. One dollar's worth a million Illinois. You roll in, you're like, I'll buy your McDonald's. The whole thing. The franchise, please. Thank you. <laughs> and you're all fired. Yeah, Everyone with purple hair, work. you're out of here. <laughs> it would never work. It'd be a great time <laughs> to buy a currency exchange. But Yeah, man. Every state goes back to their own currency. We We were like that, though, as a country for a long time. Yeah. It's pretty wild. So the Rothschilds took over. And Mike, come on! I, I'm glad you're ha- you're slowly getting on board with <laughs> the Frank tinfoil hat trade again. Mike sends me this clip. I didn't clip it for the show, but it's it's this like uh, very sensationalized um, YouTube short, essentially uh, of a guy, rightfully so, connecting the Rothschilds to the uh, monarchy. And yeah, it's crazy. Um, it he pretty he goes back to 1815. That's right. They're bankrupt. The royal family's bankrupt. So then the Rothschilds. How do you say their name? Roth Rothschild. So just I don't like uh, them enough to say it right. That's what call. I. Yeah. They came in and they funded the royal family for breeding rights. That's right. And then you end up with all, the royal family we have today intermingled with the with the Rothschilds and everything. And it does, you know, he didn't talk about it in the clip, but then it does make it seem like, well, then no wonder they kicked out uh, the dude who married the black chick. Absolutely. And it also explains why the other brother has no chin. See, it's um, (laughs) (laughs) all those weird cross genetics, man. (laughs) But but that's why the redhead kid looks nothing like the rest of the family, because the mom cheated on the dad. And then he married somebody else and so then they just got rid of him he's useless you know he is useless no no royal blood in that line no and i again i do believe they trace that royal blood man all the way back to the canaanites like this goes deep you could get wild and wacky with it drop some anunnaki on me i'm totally on board with it but if you want to just stick to basic whatever we know i i do believe they trace it all the way back to babylonia and the, and the canaanites and all that stuff i i do think that if you're not in that bloodline which harry i believe you're correct sir i think that is the uh kind of thing they don't want to really talk about uh he's not he doesn't have the blood no oh, he and he looks exactly like the mom's uh guard or whatever it's really funny the hairstylist and also uh he kind of left and moved America <laughs> I wonder if anyone noticed <laughs> with his half black wife they kind of kicked him out, and also you know he definitely doesn't look like a good for him though. He's way more handsome than... Oh, he's the best-looking one by a long shot, Frank. He doesn't look like any of them in the bloodline. He's the only one you don't look at and go, oh, she married him for the royalty. Well, it's (laughs) the only one you don't see incest in, like, you know, Down syndrome, right? There's, like, clearly (laughs) no brain deformity going on with this guy, so he's obviously not part of the royal bloodline. Great head of hair. Yeah, he has hair, he has a chin... He, you know what I mean? Like, this guy's clearly not in the royal bloodline. I love making fun of the royal bloodline, because fuck those people, man. Yeah, what a disgusting group of animals. It, I know, How like, many people have they killed? Everybody, yeah. they rule the world, they're probably half lizard, and they bang the Anunnaki or whatever it is. Screw these people, man. They're fucking assholes. Yeah, Bill Gates did kind of look like uh, the Queen Elizabeth at the end there. Have you seen Bill Gates lately? He's morphing into the sorcerer from Star Wars. <laughs> Have you, you know what I'm saying? The dude with the hood who's shooting the electric lightning bolts out of his hand. He's turning into that guy. Have you seen Rango? <laughs> Rango? Is this... <laughs> it's Johnny Depp playing yes. a cartoon lizard. <laughs> I had to... Yes, I have, and a, I, I'm a fan. He's a yes. pet lizard who's That's on right. a car ride, gets lost, <laughs> now he's stuck in the wild. Uh, I swear to God, they like made that lizard in the likeness of Bill Gates. It looks 
<laughs> it looks exactly it had, him and Bill Gates have the same body in that movie. You're Swear talking, to God. So this Rango character, they drew him up to have bitch tits and spaghetti arms. Is that what you're saying? Just, yeah, it just looks it just it just looks very Bill Gatesy. Gates is a creature, and he has been looking worse by the day. I, I, I'm starting to believe that when you manifest so much evil energy onto this worldly plane we are existing on, that it starts to just completely manifest itself itself onto the face. Uh, th- these guys, they turning in, they're turning into creatures, man. <laughs> Bill Gates, everyone, force. Klaus Schwab, yeah. Tony Fauci, all these evil characters in our lives. Take a look at them, man. They're, you know, they're either running out of adrenochrome or the evils of their ways are starting to uh, take their toll on their lives, man. <laughs> hey, how's that stockpile of uh, foreskins? <laughs> Check on Sandra Bullock. Is she okay? <laughs> When she starts looking old, that's when you know. <laughs> well, no, um, that's when we go to war with South Korea, right? <laughs> no, Vietnam. Weren't they Vietnamese? That's no, Korea. We always oh, go no, over Korean this. Yeah, we confuse them. Uh, maybe oh, they yeah, do the foreskins look the same. This could be like an olive oil situation where you get a little foreskin from this country, mix it with a little foreskin <laughs> over there. You could... <laughs> It's still oh, olive oil. Oh, it's 2024, Frank. You're lucky <laughs> if you get an 80% mixed Korean nowadays. <laughs> Not like the good old days when it was all South Korean. Let me yeah. tell you about Epstein Island. We were bathing in 100% Korean foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> now it's all Uyghur this, Uyghur that. I don't know. It was, it was the pure stuff in those days. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, the Uyghur foreskin works the same, but it doesn't have the same pizzazz. I can't, <laughs> can't brag about it to my friends like I used to be able to with the Korean foreskin. You know? our, our laughter is based on the seven stages of grief when you realize what our uh, elites have done with the children of our society, folks. You see, <laughs> first it's abhorrent disgust <laughs> and fright and fear, and then eventually it's laughter, and you just poke fun at the fact that we are ruled by these Satanist pigs. It's oh, I was just laughing at the thought of what's going to happen when China takes over. It's going to be <laughs> our foreskins going over there for their faces. Oh, forgiveness, please, and not the best of oil. Ah! Ah, uh, take the foreskin, nothing more, please. <laughs> oh, Hiroshima! We, 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 we. To my Chinese overlords. Ah, <laughs> uh, so sorry. <laughs> oh man, they're so close to taking this over. You're right. They're gonna. Nah. The first thing they'll go for will be the Italian foreskins, I imagine, because those have the most olive oil uh, with them. <laughs> so i was reading this uh thread and there were some videos attached it was from alex jones actually and it was in regards to uh slavery that has been ongoing throughout the world and how there's currently it was a video actually it was pretty weird but it was current slavery going on in africa uh black on black slavery slavery and Alex Jones had uh, retweeted it and, and commented on the fact and uh, that, you know, there's been all forms of slavery, and, and he kind of went through all the various slaveries and stuff. And it, it was actually, it, it's wild to think that, uh, you know, and he says in the tweet, like, yes, the, the white Anglo-Saxons of Europe did initiate the north atlantic slave trade like absolutely but that was based on a massive slave slave trade that was always already going on and when they ended it there were whites still being slave traded in the orient and it's like so crazy and it's so crazy one of the things they don't talk about is like for the longest time white christian women were the sex slaves of the world yes yeah, he, no, were, it, it goes know, down me- that path. It's crazy when you look at go, go what, look slavery. at like the old movies where there's like these giant boats and slaves down below rowing 
Those were white Christian men who, who their women were taken as sex slaves and they were forced to row boats in battle sometimes. It's, they talk about wars where like ships sank, thousands of slaves just died because they were chained to the boat. It's crazier than that too. And I think people often, especially these days, liberals forget that like there was this one enslaved group the Jews, that we, <laughs> they were slaves. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, they they kind of deserved it, you know what I'm <laughs> But there's just like, so every, the point of Alex Jones' thread is really fascinating, and he, he throws out a bunch of interesting links and all this stuff, which is uh, every group in humanity, it doesn't even matter what your skin color is, if you trace your history back, you're a part of a group of people that were enslaved. Slavery has existed yeah. as long as humankind has been around. People have oh, just been enslaving people. Yeah, somebody's got to do the work, you know? Yes! <laughs> That's why I said diggers! Diggers! <laughs> you know, you always got a lot of work that needs to be done that nobody wants to do. and You need slaves. It's really weird to think about how we are so obsessed with the idiosyncrasies of our modern culture, you know, we're demanding reparations or oh, all dude, that nonsense. Do you have that Sonny Hoskin clip? That is hung for a while. Wow. I've been looking at it for weeks, I, man. I got to scroll. I got to do a scroll <sighs> ski. I, I have Such it, though. Clip. Oh, man. Wow. That's so funny. I totally forget. Yes, I have it. Okay, so, Wow. If you're a person demanding reparations, be careful. <laughs> you may be demanding some repayment from yourself. You know, I was really reluctant. I don't know how you felt when you did it, Whoopi, but I was really reluctant to do it because I just sensed that there could be something in my family history that would be um, disappointing. Um, Negative. Negative, yes. I thought I was going to have that kind of moment. And Skip had asked me to do it for a long time. And I finally decided to do it because I thought it'd be helpful for my children and my children's children to know what their real, real history was, you know? But what I found out was that my mother's family, while um, they are Puerto Rican, they actually originate from Spain. And the reason that they moved to Puerto Rico is because the slave trade had been sort of canceled in Spain and then Curacao and then they moved all of their slaves to Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. And so the, uh, the family uh, 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 uh. Excuse me? I have been told that they were printers and journalists, but they were in fact enslavers. Ah, yeah, that doesn't look good. Not only were they enslavers, they left their home to keep enslaving. To enslave further. <clears throat> uh, what I find fascinating is, did you hear the nuance in all the levels behind the story? Like, she had to really go deep with the explanation of why they were slave <laughs> Why are we tearing down statues, people? <clears throat> I know, I know. Can we can we take in a little nuance? Can we understand that there are multiple levels to society that we don't understand that maybe life was different at certain times and just we are advanced now, sure. We have gone a long way, you know? Can can't we just have statues of people? Come on, man. It's so <laughs> know, crazy to me. Like listen to this lady. Or or, or she's got to be kicked off. Right? If, yes. I, if I can't have a statue of uh, Washington or Jefferson because they had slaves, well, then, Sonny Hostin, you're done. You're out. I'm, Your family owns slaves. I'm on team forgiveness, actually, and I'm going to say this right now. Sonny Hostin, lead the charge. Be the first one publicly, please. Say, you know what? There's a lot of nuance behind slavery and the fact that the history of slavery extends to all cultures throughout all human society, and maybe, maybe we shouldn't hold America accountable for being a slave nation. Maybe we could look into the depth of our history here and see that America was one of the first countries to end slavery. Maybe we could celebrate America. Maybe I was wrong. Yeah. 
No, right? You can't have the strength and courage to truly admit fault, right? No, no. You're going to <laughs> you're going to sit here like an idiot and say, "You know what? My family owns slaves and let's pay those reparations, baby." Business, I have been told <laughs> that they were printers and journalists, but they were in fact enslavers. Mm-hmm. At first I was deeply disappointed. Um, the I still, slave thing is a bummer. It's a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer. What? <laughs> I'll be honest, I love Joy Behar. <laughs> she's She's <laughs> She's a national treasure. I can't believe in reparations, like, by whoa. the way, so y'all can stop texting me and emailing me and saying that I'm a white girl and that I don't deserve reparations. That's, I still believe oh, that. Someone did that to you? Yeah. I don't know who sent her a thing telling her she was a white girl. Okay, it's, it's, it's too much, people. But clean off your television You know what's really screen. funny about that is, uh, it's, it's been pointed out a couple of times, but it really goes to show you, you can't, you can no longer say that black people are oppressed, right? Because now you have women like her who are fighting the claim that she's a white girl to be labeled a black chick. It used to be, during real oppression, people were fighting to hide their blackness. Exactly. Now they're, they're dying to hide their whiteness. We are sons of immigrants <clears throat> who fought desperately to not be labeled as their culture and to be American. To hide their yeah. culture and be American. Their accents, right? Dude, her, uh, her grandfather was a, was a Sephardic Jew. I don't know what that means. Uh, but yeah, really funny is he met a Puerto Rican <laughs> woman. <laughs> you know that Jew ran into those Puerto Rican women and <laughs> lost his mind. <laughs> Dude, yes. He never had sex with anything like that before in his life. This was a Jew from Spain. He went down to Puerto Rico. He saw those asses and <laughs> lost his mind. He never turned back. And yeah, to go black. I got to say, this is what America is all about. The mixing of the cultures, the immigrants coming together. Like Sonny Hostin, you should be celebratory of your history. This is beautiful. Yeah. This is, and this is why reparations of- is stupid. We don't even know what you are. Exactly. Like, who do we repay yeah. now? Do you pay yourself? Do you take money from yourself, you idiots? See, this is why we got to stop this conversation. And, and you and should forward. get reparations just because you you think you're black, but really, I mean, are you black? I don't even get what's going on here. And you were slave owners. Why would we give reparations to a slave owner? Exactly. It just kind of, I it really spotlights the stupidity of reparations, in my opinion. And it really also simultaneously highlights the fact that America's a melting pot. It's a place where decade after decade, new generations of immigrants come into this country, whether it's legal or not, uh, they're, a, they're here and they assimilate at some point or another and we mix and mingle. And that's what has made this place so great and, and separates it from the rest of the world. And so... To demand reparations for what? The fact that you're in one of the greatest countries in the world where you, yourself, a former slave owner and also slave allegedly from your genealogy is paid millions of dollars to be on a talk show where you yabber away with other clucking hens about nothing? Like, you are (laughs) one of the most fortunate human beings on the planet. (laughs) Dude, Dude, uh, not only that, uh, this was just reminding me, you know how we celebrate the whole Juneteenth bullshit? Yes, but I'm going to say that's going to disappear just as fast as Black History Month did this year. I have never seen Black History Month not exist like in 2024, but continue, dude. Oh, yeah, it's fading. No, it doesn't look good in election years. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude, Juneteenth is so funny because I just found out, like, we celebrate it because apparently... Like, slaves were free, but they didn't know they were free until Juneteenth, you know? That's right. And and they love telling that story, but one of the things they don't tell is that the last man to relinquish his slaves in Texas, because it all has to do with Texas, you know what I mean? The slave owners in Texas, the Uh white slaves. The last guy to let his slaves go was black. Wow. Uh, Hold on one second, one second, please. Excuse me? Yeah, there you (laughs) go. Did not see that coming. I had no idea. Yeah, apparently he was like one of the worst slave owners. 
He was a black guy. All right. It's, again, I, I think we should just let it go. Let slavery go. Can we let the Civil War go? I, I think it's possible. It's been a while. You know, we've kind of... <laughs> it's been a long time now where I could just drive around the country, no problem. <laughs> and I think that's universal, yeah. right? Yeah, but that's because you're not black. Well, no, have you seen me tanned on a July afternoon? I'm crossing some well, borders, Southern Italian here. You're not black trying to drive through Florida. Remember the NAACP or whatever? No, I was. Remember, I got tanned in Florida and had to drive that Mustang back. I got pulled over three times for potential <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. It was unbelievable. <laughs> you went in no problem. It was getting out. That was the hard part. Oof. Where are you going, boy? <laughs> The fields is that way. Oh man! Well, I gotta, I, I gotta do it before we uh, lose out on anything here. Oh my god! All right, oh, god. Uh, all right. Uh, I, I'm obsessed with this one. I was uh, ranting on it with Emma. Um, so this week we had the shootings that we gotta forget about now because one was a tranny, the other was four black dudes. So we're gonna totally <laughs> bury all of them. But so nothing to see here. But on Valentine's Day, um, which is an anniversary for the Parkland shooting uh, there in Florida, uh, yeah, yeah. David Hogg uh, was behind an initiative, and I, got, I, I, I have a clip for you, uh, Mike, that I thought you would be interested in. We could cut it at any time. I have quite a bit to say. A chilling, gut-wrenching call is being made to members of Congress. On the line, victims killed in mass shootings. Their voices brought back using AI to demand change and confront lawmakers for Shut their inaction. Shut the on fuck up. Dude. I, Shut I, the fuck up. I'll be honest. I thought we'd get 20 seconds in. I didn't think 13. That's what... <laughs> Shut the fuck yes, up. yes. Violence. The project, called Shotline, uses audio provided by the victim's families to create a computerized version of each victim's voice. One of them, Joaquin Oliver, who is forever 17, killed... There's multiple in this uh, interview. I clipped just this one, and it leads into the part that... That's the only reason... I wanted you guys to hear it, because, Mike, you and I have really discussed how you can really hear the difference between reality and this AI tech, so I, I thought it'd be... It's weird to listen to, but we're gonna, we're gonna rock through it, all right? And, and on the other side, I promise you there's a payoff. Six years ago today, with 16 other students and staff at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High, I want to remind you what you're about to hear is AI-generated... And it is difficult to listen to. It's not difficult, it's just weird. Hello, I'm <laughs> Joaquin creepy. Oliver. Six years ago, I was a senior at Parkland. Many students and teachers were murdered on Valentine's Day that year by a person using an AR-15. But you don't care. You never did. It's been six years and you've done nothing. Not a thing to stop all the shootings that have continued to happen since. How many calls will it take for you to care? How many dead voices will you hear before you finally listen? Joining us now is co-founder for March for Our Lives. What kind of psychopath would be behind this insane agenda? What sociopathic fucking insane motherfucker would think this is a good idea, right? I got him for you. And former student at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High, David Hogg. David, that is powerful. Entirely a survivor-driven effort led by Joaquin's father, Manny Oliver, and a number of other families. What impact do you hope this leaves on lawmakers who get this call? Future of America, folks. He's going to run for president. Mm. This guy, I, I want you to listen to him. He is the scariest human being on the planet. Leaves on lawmakers who get this call. I hope it's, it makes them uncomfortable because I see the pain all the time whenever I work around the parents of victims of gun violence or their family members. It is incredibly hard work for them to do this. And we need to become proactive and get people's attention before there's another shooting, not just after it happens. Because uh, if we're doing that, we're losing traction. My hope is that when members of Congress get these calls, that they are reminded that either if there are allies, they recommit to this issue, 
or if there are people who take NRA blood money, that they're reminded of the lives that are stolen as a result. I cannot imagine being a family member and hearing that. Can you talk about the bravery of these families and the decision that they made, why it was so important for them to do this? It's not easy. Uh, One of the parents of Uzi, whose voice you just heard, uh, I was with this morning, right in front of the Capitol, uh, when his that, that same message you just heard was played, and it was the first time uh, that his uh, his mother heard it, and she broke down. This is not easy for the families. It's not easy for the survivors, but they know that they have to do this because, unfortunately, the people in behind behind me in the Capitol are not taking action, and they have no other choice. Yeah, they have no choice, Mike. They have to play a part in this political ploy that everybody will forget about, but go through this emotionally gut-wrenching experience because David Hogg needs to push his political agenda and someday run for politics. Do you hear that? He's, he's a, he's, he is a politician. Yes. He's had media coaching and everything. Yes. Like, Do you hear him? him? Talk. Yes. yes. Does Dude, he? go <laughs> fuck yourself. And you just put these people through this. Just so you could become a politician. Yes! That's what The story should me. be David Hogg makes six-year career out of fucking sh- shooting that happened six years ago. David exploits the suffering of victims' families by using their voices in AI technology. That's terrible. Oh, what's, what's your man. solution, David Hogg? You're trying to get everything. What are you trying to get done? You're trying to, you're trying to take away weapons, from, the guns from every American. I was telling Emma about this, and I asked her if she knew who David Hogg was, and she said, yeah, you know, she she had an idea, and I said, well, do you know that story of David Hogg? Like, do you, do you know that he was allegedly not at the shooting, and there's <sighs> actual footage of him arriving at the scene, and he's on camera live saying he had just arrived there. Because he heard of the shooting. But then in later interviews, he claims he was there in the school during the shooting. And the weirdest part about David Hogg, folks, is that his dad was an active member of the FBI at the time. His dad was FBI, and he just happened to not be at the school where the school shooter shot it up. And the shooter was in conversations with the FBI. Yes, and he called out sick that day, but then he showed up when the cameras were there to talk about how he heard him. Dude. And then turned it into a political career? Yes. Uh, excuse me? I think I just saw how George Bush started in politics. I mean, Jesus Christ. Or Barry Sortero, my man. Oh. hey and I had to go down <laughs> that road. Yes. <laughs> Folks, I stumbled on a juicy nugget, and I sent it to... Mike, did you watch it? Come on. Yeah, is this the Barry Sotero one? Yeah. Well, I sent you the the deep Barry Sotero one, I think. But I have one where it's a, a quick one where an, a former FBI agent, D'Souza, allegedly proclaims that they had intel on Sotero prior to 2008. And I, I found this to be absolutely over-the-top amazing. This is amazing. Um, and that's why when I see David Hogg, I just, I see the future politician. It's obvious to me. This is a born-and-bred individual primed from a young age to step into a larger role in life. Yeah, the FBI, they already got him. That's they, their guy. Yes. You he, know? He's a freaky little dude, and so he reminds me of Barry Sotero. Sortero. I don't know how to pronounce it or what the but either way, uh I got a little snippet. This is it's got some funny music in the background. It's from the the X formerly known as Twitter. I love dabbling in the conspiracy worlds here. So, uh I I don't know if I sent this one to you or another one. I I stumbled upon a few. 
And uh, but this one was my favorite. This is the insider info on the Barry Sotero. 2008, something unbelievable happened for us in the FBI. We were getting lots of rumors about this high-level asset that worked for several intelligence agencies at the same time. He worked for the Saudi intelligence service. He worked for the CIA, and he was being developed as a political asset in Chicago, Illinois. He was not even a United States citizen, but it was said that he was a student visa and that he was a, a national from another country. In 2008, everyone in the intelligence structure found out who he was. It was this individual whose name I don't like to say, who became president in 2008 of the United States. And I will faithfully execute the office of president of the United States. Sean Barry. The president of the United States. One of his code names was Renegade. His real name was Barry Sortar. Did you catch the Renegade? Renegade. <laughs> His code name was Renegade. Why is it? This is an old video, by the way, people. This is from uh, 2000 something or other, uh, 14 or 7, somewhere in there. But uh, either way, code name Renegade. That's funny only because Barack Obama had a short lived podcast on Spotify with Bruce Springsteen called Renegades. Renegades. They got like 100 million for it. But uh, he adopted a different name uh, for his political career. When they ran him for president, the cabal, basically, this was the culmination of so many of their plans for so many years. His mission was to destroy the United States from within, one institution at a time. One of the things he did, of course, was he, he defunded our military, he brought down, he brought down uh, the resources that they got. Uh, but then, I th I argue he's the one who introduced this um, kind of transgendered movement into the military. Yeah, because he's the one that got rid of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. That's exactly right. He ordered our military in many, many instances and in various theaters to attack <laughs> Which you would think ally. anybody married to Mike Obama would love the policy of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. <laughs> Big Mike. <laughs> yeah, man. My wife had a bigger dick than me. I'm all for don't ask, don't tell, you know? <laughs> That's right. Can we get a no tuck, no tell policy? No? All right, don't worry. Oh, just, no just repeal the no ask. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> I actually am fascinated with this end part here with what this guy says because yeah. I find this to be prophetic for what we saw with Biden, actually, and I've argued for a long time now. The Biden administration is Obama part three. So I, I think this is right. It's on not the even an argument. You don't even have to argue with anybody. No, it's it obvious. Is. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's Same like not players. even an argument. It's just a fact. So this here, is Obama. I, this guy's going to explain something, and I'm going to. He, he's the only former president that spends more time <laughs> in D.C. than the current exactly. president. Exactly. He's running yeah. it from the basement. And I want to say that what this guy says after, right here. I believe I can equate it to what we saw in the early stages of Obama's, or I'm sorry, uh, well, wow, what a slip there, huh? O'Biden's administration, if you will. <laughs> and to defend and supply and help our enemies. That's exactly how he created ISIS. He would say publicly that the military were going to bomb our, our enemies, but then he would have the military actually bomb uh, enemies of ISIS, our allies. He gave ISIS funding and equipment uh, by basically ordering our military to take equipment into a certain theater and then abandon it. And the commanders would say, that's ridiculous. We'd just be handing that stuff over to ISIS. And the president's office would say, uh, don't question orders, just follow your orders. And All right, so that's what was going on in Obama. And then you think, you know what, it's funny. Kind of what we did in Afghanistan, right? Like we kind yeah, of just left them everything. Yes, I think we were kind of following through on the same Obama administration policies right when O'Biden o took over. When did Afghanistan take place? The debacle there—that was one of the first things that occurred during his administration takeover. Yeah, 
Wasn't that it was really funny because they thought it was a genius move politically because even if it went bad, they could have waited three years and then spun it. But it went so bad that you still can't spin it three years later. That's crazy stuff. Well, what do you think of this guy? So, you know, FBI, you, you and I have dabbled on this do a bit, which is we seem to be in this weird world over the last 50 years where there's a battle going on between these intelligence agencies and or yeah. maybe they're in cahoots, right? Who knows? And we're just all suffering uh, either way. But, um, you know, FBI claiming Ob- uh, that Biden is this dude or Obama, uh, you know, like maybe maybe there has been some weird clandestine effort, you know, in an underselling of America. Sometimes it does feel like we live in a country that has been sold out to foreign assets. Well, that... That wasn't even the part I thought was interesting. It was the part where he talked about uh, Barack Obama's stepdad uh, and how he was an oil guy connected to the Bushes. Yes, and everything I have said to you based on a, a book that I've been reading about the Bushes, it all goes back to the oil industry and the Bushes and the CIA. They have been behind everything in American history over our lifetimes. Without a and doubt. then it goes it goes to what uh you know Obama would like Obama would go out every fucking day talk till he's blue in the face about climate change and oil and everything but then he was out there drilling Not know? only that so there's these weird things if you want to go down the rabbit hole where so Sortero who is the stepdad of Obama is the one of the main players in the Bush's dynasty and that explains why the Bushes and the Obamas were so close. And there's allegedly this theory that we've all seen it, where when the Obamas mingle on camera with the Bushes, George Bush always gives a piece of candy to Michelle Obama. Yeah. And the theory behind that is the piece of candy is the same piece of candy his dad used to give to little Barry Sotero when he would visit him back in Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Or or wherever he was stationed at Kenya, Kenya, yeah, whatever it is. Or no, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but the theory behind all of it is that Barack is not an American citizen. He was set up by the same institutions and and machine that are behind the bushes. And, and Dude, vice he versa. went to a co- uh, high school in Hawaii that cost ninety five thousand dollars a year. That's right. That's incredible. His father, Sortero, is allegedly one of the 15 wealthiest men in the world, and when he died, he set up a trust fund that funnels money through Indonesia to Barry Sotero, uh, Barack Obama, and that's that's the theory out there. That's why Barack Obama, by the way, take a look, he is one of the wealthiest politicians in Washington. It's insane. And it makes sense why he had such a meteoric rise. Well, his rise to power is outrageous and doesn't make any sense outside of the fact that it was some sort of psyop. Yeah, good call. No, it was just the intelligence agencies. Bush was heading out, and they needed a, they needed their new guy to come in. Yes, Obama. and look at what happened militaristically around the world when Obama took over post-Bush. Did we change? Did anything really you know, going in any different direction outside of us bombing more and doing more drone attacks. And, you know, at first, you know, Bush and company, right? It was Iraq and Afghanistan. And then Obama comes in. He's like, let's do Somalia, Yemen, and uh, a few of these other African countries nobody's Syria. ever heard of. Yeah, Syria. Yeah, let's Syria. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, and uh, can we get, throw out some of those drones so we can't blame any pilots? All right, perfect. <laughs> That's literally what happened, man. It is incredible. He was the droner in chief. Yeah, he killed the most people with drones. But realistically, it, no difference in policy between Bush and Obama. And then Trump comes along when they thought for sure they could easily hand it to another Clinton. You have to think. Bush Who's also notorious for working with the CIA. Well, Your husband became president I was, because he let the CIA smuggle in drugs. I was just... Like, going to throw out there that it's well known now, right? We all know 
Herbert Walker Bush, director and head of CIA, well through the 70s and 80s, most likely involved with the assassination of John F. Kennedy because he's the only human who doesn't know where he was on the day of the assassination. But <laughs> Absolutely. We'll, we'll let that go. But he's the head and director of the CIA in the 80s, and then he just becomes president for one term, one term only. And then all of a sudden, a guy, nobody who's ever, we've never heard of, who also has a meteoric rise from obscurity to being Bill Clinton, right? And he came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. When was the last time you heard of a governor from Arkansas? Exactly, man. Yeah. So you got Bush, Herbert Walker setting the stage. We do Gulf War One. Here comes Clinton. We got the '90s. Here comes the Sun. W. Go to Gulf War Two, and then all of a sudden, here comes Obama. Who there's pictures of. Nine-year-old Barack Obama with Herbert Walker Bush. Look it up. That right there should blow your mind. It is the craziest picture. It's real. It's out there. It's young Obama. His mom and and his stepdad were in cahoots with the Bush, the Bushes back in the eighties. Uh, it's it's well known. It's well established. He's his name is Sortero. That's what makes the whole homosexual element with the fella there in Chicago so bizarre because he references him as Sotero. And, you know, it's just there's a lot of of things with Barry, old Barack Obama, and he's tied in with the Bushes. Man, when you really put put it all together, then you realize, I now know why there are... 10 indictments against Trump and they're stopping this oh, man from like, yeah. why are they stopping this guy endlessly, for, you know, to, to not run for president dude, him winning president must've been the greatest shock across the bow. I, I really do believe he, they didn't mean for this guy to win. But even Trump has fucking his uncle is in the FBI. Like can we not get a president that's not connected to the FBI. All right. So then, then I believe, and, and I've been waiting for, uh, a, a a second source on this, as, as far as you. Mm. We don't pick our leaders. They're picked for us, and we're just arguing over nothing. Absolutely. Right? Yes. 100%. Yes. If anything, Trump was the FBI guy, and Hillary was the CIA guy, and yes. every election is just between FBI and CIA. That's what I think it is, man. I think it's one three-letter agency versus the other. And I think to them it's just a game because it really doesn't matter. They both can run it together. But, you know, it's just like a little battle. Well, because ultimately major contracts are being signed by Raytheon and Boeing and everybody's making massive deals on bombings going on in places we've never heard of by machines run by robots. Yeah. It's crazy to think about, dude. We're waging wars overseas. (laughs) <laughs> with drones, man. I don't think people realize this. <laughs> I know. It's like some kid down in Nevada flying this drone halfway around the world, bombing people. Yes, anyone. We have no idea, and it's in the name no of idea. the United States. Could you imagine being on, if the tables were reversed, and we're sitting mm. here in America, and China's just fucking bombing us with their drones? Dude, did you hear about that new one we got uh, that they were talking about on Joe Rogan? It's like the modified Hellfire missile. This is ours or somebody else's? Oh, this is ours. All right, all right. What is this? We, Give me the we used it on a couple leaders. Really? <sighs> Scary, dude. <laughs> it's so it's it's um it's the Hellfire missile was the one that like it, it, I think that's the one that it became famous because they could like shoot it into a window like a specific window of a right. building. You know what I mean? The joke was, uh, you know, well, then they, they modified it. It was so accurate. And then they modified it so that you don't have an explosion. Now this one just has, like, blades that come out. So it's just like this missile with, like, six blades sticking out of the side that's spinning. And <laughs> it's coming at you, and it just, like, disintegr- it just chops you up into a million pieces. And they're saying it's so <laughs> accurate that it's not, it's not, what car do you want to hit? It's what, like, what seat is he sitting in? 
Wow. <laughs> it's a missile that chops you up in a million pieces. And there's no explosion. Because they don't. that's like to reduce collateral damage. Could you imagine driving somebody? You could be in a car, and the guy next to you just fucking pretty much just gets like disintegrated into a million pieces, and you don't even know what happened because there's no sound or anything. And nothing happens to the car? Like nothing? Like the dude just explodes in front of you into a million pieces? Well, like the missile goes through the car, but it'll like go through the roof right above the guy and then chop him up. You know what I mean? Like you'll... You're not going to get hit if you're in the driver's seat. Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah. And people think heart attack gun is nuts. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? They're shooting this shit from space, man. Are you kidding me? But, but, but the thing they said, the, the craziest thing about it is that it, like, you launch it, it fires its engine, and then it, like, corrects for trajectory and everything, and then it runs out of fuel, and so it's just... It's just coasting in at you. You don't even hear this bitch. There's no sound or nothing. Then these blades just chop you up into a million pieces. And honestly, from my perspective, that sounds archaic because I believe we have space lasers on, you know, the moon and shit. So, like, you know, you know, with the blades and stuff, that sounds like something from a cartoon. No, I know, but it's, it's so much better because you don't have to, like, like, we don't have to blow up the whole building. Or even this whole section of the building. We're just going to shoot this in and it's going to kill one guy in a room full of people. I'm in the headspace of like I can have a laser on a satellite floating around Earth and we'll position it and zap you through the temple and it'll just be a laser through the brain. Wow, maybe. I do believe like when the first reports of uh, space nukes came out, I just have that picture of like everybody in this room in a basement running around, paperwork flying, and the CIA is like, <laughs> oh my God, they found out about our space nukes. You know, and then they're like, oh no. They're talking about Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and on the other end of the phone line, it's Oprah, right? She's like, <laughs> all right, we're in the clear. Nobody found out about my backyard in Lahaina. Perfect. Which they still, they're not rebuilding that, man. You see that? Oh, man. They're they are going to remove. I really believe this was some sort of military, like militaristic situation where they had to clear out the place because there's something happening and they had to set up a position. Ooh. And they just, they cleared it out. They're like, sorry, folks. <laughs> this is we got to do something you with know, they do they do say that the fucking uh that that meteor that's supposed to hit us is going to hit the pacific i'm telling you i think they have they know something and they're like we got to clear out this section i i said from day one that i i love the idea of direct energy weapon i really do it's so spectacular and space lasers and all that stuff really cool stuff but like what if maybe they just purposely set off a very specific, very controlled burn, wiped out a bunch of space because they got to do something with the military there that we don't understand. Maybe it is cosmically related. Maybe it is with some sort of asteroid, you know, but there's something going on there. It's clearly a military base. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure there's. it's well known that there's military stuff, go- or not military, but like Space Force, whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh, we you do know, have bases in Hawaii. Yeah, like, it, there's something strategic about Hawaii. So, it is it crazy to think that maybe there's something going on there and they had to clear it out for something? And then on top of it, too, Oprah needs, you know, a, an extension on her balcony? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, if it just happens to work out that she gets a bigger backyard, you know, it just happens. Exactly, man. Get rid maybe, of that's, maybe that's where they're setting up a defense for, like, the attack from China. Yeah, anything. Oh, uh, man. I don't know, man. Like, I keep going around to the idea, like, are we really so divided, or is it easier for our country to keep convincing us, the populace, that we're at war with... East Asia and Eurasia and all these other Asias. Uh, but in, in the meantime, really, there is potentially some catastrophic event he- headed towards Earth that uh, they're trying to figure out behind the scenes. It could be. 
<laughs> maybe they are really uh, struggling to figure that out because we are an idiocracy. We can't even land on the moon anymore. Yeah, I know. And now we're like, holy shit, there's some asteroid that's going to knock us out. We got to do something. And we Bruce, clear this area and Bruce, Willis, Bruce Willis has dementia. So we're screwed just... right now. <laughs> <laughs> and Owen Wilson still can't act. <laughs> 30 years, not one class. All right. Oh, man, we're at that hour, Mike, the time. It's crazy. Oh, it is the fastest crazy. hour in the universe. Do you have anything to take us out on this third episode? Uh, you know, I always got my, fav- my favorite song of all time to take us out on this third episode. <laughs> I love Chinese overlords. Uh, <laughs> so when China wins that battle. They're, they're, they're going to be the ones that take out the asteroid, man. I'm telling you right now. This- for our Chinese overlords, this podcast can be bought for the low, low price of one million yen. <laughs> yes, and one Hiroshima. I don't know what that means. Uh, konnichiwa. Konnichiwa. We so sorry. Egg roll. Fried rice. And thank you, China. China man. <laughs>